Marriage might have been fine for your parents or grandparents, but of what value is it today? Isn't it, as more and more young people seem to be saying, just a piece of paper? Well, it turns out that piece of paper might be the most valuable thing you will ever own. Take the case of Doug Talby. At age 18, Talby worked a minimum wage job operating a press at a factory in Indiana and lived in his parents' basement. I didn't have a care in the world, Talby says. I didn't even have any bills. But after marrying at 19 and having kids, Talby's perspective changed. I had to step up and think about others and start taking care of them. Talby quit his factory job and joined the Army, where he made significantly more money and received housing and health care paid for by the military. Whenever he saw a chance of promotion, he pursued it. It meant more money and benefits for himself and his family. Recently, in a bid to further boost his family's income, he left the Army to work as a finance manager at a car dealership. He's now pulling in six figures. Men who see no need to marry, or who are reluctant to marry until they make more money, could benefit from Talby's discovery. Marriage has a transformative effect on the behavior, emotional health, and financial well-being of adults, especially men. Men who get married work harder and more strategically, and earn more money than their single peers from similar backgrounds. Marriage also transforms men's social world. They spend less time with friends and more time with family. They go to bars less and a church more. In the words of Nobel Prize-winning economist George Akerlof, men settle down when they get married. If they fail to get married, they fail to settle down. My own research bears out Akerlof's view. Married men work about 400 hours more per year than single men with equivalent backgrounds. A Harvard study also found that married men were much less likely than their single peers to quit their current job unless they had another one lined up. All this translates into a substantial marriage premium. On average, married men earn almost 20% more than their single peers. That's even after controlling for differences in education, race, ethnicity, and other background factors. You can read more about this in my study, For Richer, For Poorer, How Family Structures Economic Success in America. Why is there such a substantial marriage premium? There are at least four important reasons. One, after marrying, men assume a new identity. Marriage is one of the last rites of passage into manhood remaining in our society, argues sociologist Stephen Nock. He found that marriage engenders an ethic of responsibility among men as well as a newfound sense of meaning and status in the world. Two, married men are motivated to maximize their income. This means having a different attitude toward their job. They work more hours and make better work choices. Studies find that men increase their work hours after marrying and reduce their hours after divorcing. Sociologist Elizabeth Gorman concludes that married men are more likely to value higher-paying jobs than their single peers. Three, There is evidence that employers prefer and promote men who are married. Married men are often seen as more responsible and dedicated workers and are rewarded with more opportunities to advance. Fourth and finally, married men benefit from the advice and encouragement of their wives who have an obvious interest in their success. There is no better motivator than your spouse. The tragedy is that despite all the good news we keep learning about the benefits of marriage, the institution is in retreat. In 1960, 72% of all adults ages 18 and older were married. Today, it's 49%. In 1960, the average age at which men married was 23. 
Today, it's 29. The consequences of this are negative across the income spectrum, but they are especially so for those in the lower and middle classes. Marriage is a clear path to a better life. It always has been. And now we have plenty of data to confirm it. But if you still don't believe me, just ask Doug Talby and millions like him. I'm Brad Wilcox, Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of Virginia for Prager University. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here, the male-female hour, the most honest talk about men and women in the American media. Now I assert that. I used to say that I know of. But by this time, I would have known of something after all these years. When did we start the male-female hour? I know it's 2006 for the Ultimate Issues Hour, but this predates that. So it's the early 2000s. Yeah, I think it does. You think the male-female hour was the third of the, the first happiness, then Ultimate Issues? No, it's happiness, male-female, then Ultimate Issues. Anyway, welcome. Dennis Prager here. The second hour every Wednesday, just about every Wednesday of the year, is the male-female hour. Uh, we have uh, the, the subject today is the case for marriage for men, and it is based upon the uh, video that is out this week from Prague University from a professor of sociology at the University of Virginia, Brad Wilcox, who's on the line with me. Well, and I, I have interesting news for him, although he may know it if he's followed the video, and uh, it is titled, Be a Man, Get Married. Be a man, get married. I have to say, it may be the most unpopular video we have ever put up at Prager University. That, uh, Professor Wilcox, is a distinction. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to know that. We're proud of you. You must understand. (laughs) The thumbs down on, uh, on YouTube is thousands more. It's double, I think, than the thumbs up on YouTube. The comments on YouTube and at Prager University are are so uh, remarkable for the unanimity of negativity uh, and the amount of uh, of expletives. I might add, uh, you, you hit a we hit you hit a a raw nerve here, and I want to talk to you about that since you're a professor of sociology and I I, I totally differ and and I don't like their tone which is vulgar, but. There is a crisis in this country uh, with regard to the desire to get married, and and for both sexes, and it's it's worth noting. In any event, welcome to the show, Brad Wilcox, again, director of the National Marriage Project and an associate professor of sociology at the University of Virginia. It's it, Today is Wednesday. It went up on Monday. It's gotten uh, between uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook. It has a half a million views already. That's a lot a lot of people, uh, Brad Wilcox. So uh, congratulations on that. Have you gotten direct feedback? Uh, yeah, Dennis, I, ha- I have. Um, and, the, uh, and by the way, thanks for having me on the show. The, the, you know, a lot of particularly kind of men's rights um, uh group um you know supporters have been in touch with me by email um and have made the argument that today uh marriage is a bad deal for men actually um and you know does nothing really for them and puts them at risk um you know if there's divorce of losing uh access to their kids and of you know being hit with a substantial uh financial penalty for child support so 
I think that's been the, the biggest <clears throat> message that I've gotten, you know, um, by email. I, I just want yeah, I just want to say, uh, and this may surprise you and may surprise listeners. There's a lot of truth to it. I mean, obviously, we put this video up because we're so advocative of marriage, and and I'm and I'm so happy with what you produced. But I, I the laws of most of our states are not fair. Men do lose access to children, and it is like a legal kidnapping. Uh, the uh, they are often uh, sent into uh, a. a sent back 10, 15 years economically, in, in case, all this in case of divorce. So I'm just wondering, do you feel, and, and you don't have to give me the answer I'm seeking, believe me, uh, but do you feel that divorce laws are working against men getting married? No, I think they are, actually. I have a you know a friend and colleague who, um, you know, um, is, is a local resident here in central Virginia and married woman. Um, she had a, a child uh, before uh, marrying him and, uh, and then she uh, divorced him. I have no idea what, you know, what led up to that divorce, but she divorced him and he had adopted this daughter of hers and, you know, taken her in and everything else. And then he was, um, you know, it was child support in the wake of that uh, divorce and his view um, of marriage, obviously in the, in, in the wake of that whole situation, was uh, much more negative. I'm sure that he has sort of also articulated that view to his his friends and family members. So it's really the case, I think, that divorce uh, law in this country, in many cases, um, you know, both uh, disadvantages, um, you know, men and makes marriage less attractive to, um, you know, to a, a minority of men as well who are, um, you know, we're often quite vocal around these questions. Yeah. Uh, so it is. I didn't know what you would answer, uh, and you are, after all, the uh, the director of the National Marriage Project, and you are acknowledging that divorce laws are having a uh, negative impact on a lot of men in terms of getting married to begin with. The video that he has made is "Be a Man, Get Married," and. You might want to comment that the sea change that I have witnessed in my lifetime is it, it borders on the unbelievable. When I was a kid, first of all, they used the phrase be a man. It's not even used anymore. There, there's something uh, archaic about the title that we've given to your talk. That's number one, and I'd like you to comment on that. And number two, being a man for my generation was defined overwhelmingly as get married and take care of a family. Is that fair to say? Well, I think probably, Dennis, you can speak more powerfully to sort of the the cultural function of be a man than I can. I was born in 1970, and so I haven't really, you know, I certainly know know the phrase, but as you said, it hasn't been a phrase that's sort of used by my friends, by my family members. It's, It's certainly part of the culture but it doesn't have a lot of resonance, you know, today. I think we have kind of uh, moved away, obviously, from a kind of a clear sense of what masculinity is, particularly, ironically, um, in attaching any kind of positive uh, meaning to, to masculinity or to a phrase like being man. Um, it does, I think, you know, masculinity has some purchase, obviously, in, you know, magazines like Maxim, but they're not, 
they're not promoting a kind of pro-social masculinity. So that's certainly one of our, I think, helpful challenges today is that we don't really offer men a clear and powerful model of what it means to be a, a good man um, that would you know, be attached to masculinity or to, to a phrase like, be a man. The notion of taking care of a family, which was part two or three of what I just said to you, that has been somewhat shattered, if not entirely shattered, by the number of women who are working. So a very powerful aspect of masculine self-definition has been shattered by that factor. Is that fair to say? Well, yes and no. In some ways, you know, I think culturally it has it has been shattered to an important extent. But, you know, what's interesting is when you actually look at uh, patterns of income um, earning in, in today's married families with kids, what you find is that about two-thirds of families um, have a married couple where, you know, the husband is the primary breadwinner. Um, and about two-thirds of, of family income for married couples with kids does come uh, from the husband. So it's still the case that kind of in ordinary families... Um, typically, it's the husband. Of course, there are you know, many exceptions these days, but typically it's the husband who is the um, primary breadwinner. Um, but culturally, that idea obviously is much less you know, resonance and power than it used to. Um, and there are many more exceptions practically uh, today than there were, say, in 1955, for instance. Right. We'll be back in a moment. Teaches sociology at the University of Virginia, Brad Wilcox, director of the National Marriage Project. His video is Be a Man, Get Married. It just came out two days ago at Prigg University. What do you think, folks? The case for marriage for men. one eight Prager 776 We'll get to that when we come back. Oh, there you are. There you are. Male-female hour every Wednesday, the second hour of my program. My guest is Brad Wilcox, professor of sociology at the University of Virginia, director of the National Marriage Project, and his course up at PragerU is Be a Man, Get Married. The negative reactions to the video are are really, they're upsetting, and it's not that I'm angry at the people who wrote these things. Actually, I feel bad. I just feel bad. There is uh, there is clearly a, a, something going on in this country that is that is dissuading even uh, some decent men, men who want to grow up from getting married. We talked about the divorce laws, which are structured in many states, like my own California. Uh, to hurt the men. That's, that's how they are structured. Actually, the truth is they're structured to hurt the responsible party. If you are, if there's an irresponsible spouse and a responsible pa- spouse, the laws are all in favor and the system favors the irresponsible spouse. That is how bad the so-called family law system is. Anyway, nevertheless, the arguments that Brad Wilcox makes... Uh, are powerful in just the data on how men become responsible when they get married. And it's so, it's more responsible. And it's like, isn't it common sense? 
So this was the thing. This is where I am annoyed, uh, Brad, if I may call you Brad. This is where I am annoyed with a, a number of the people who object to your video. Oh, get married. I don't want to work harder. What do you say to them? Well, you know, it's one of those things where um, we tend to do well um, in life, uh, as you know, and as you've articulated, when we embrace the virtues. And the virtues often are difficult. You know, if you want to be a world-class athlete, you know, or even a good athlete, you know, for that matter, um, it takes hard work um, and it takes sacrifice. And, you know, and yet the end result um, is good. And not just in terms of performing well in in a race or something like that, but just sort of, you know, you, you feel a certain kind of way, you know, after you work out um, or after you do that run or play soccer, whatever it might be. So, and the same thing is true, I think, when it comes to our relationships. I mean, marriage uh, today um, has been hobbled by, among other things, you know, family law changes you know, in the last 40 years. Although I don't support a return to fault-based divorce, I have a, you know, kind of a different model about where we could go from here. But anyways, uh, marriage has been hobbled in, in many ways, um, but still, the question is, what what's the alternative for most people? And particularly when it comes to having kids, you know, marriage provides um, the most uh, stability and security um, and emotional kind of uh, well-being for, uh, for parents and kids. Um, so that's part of my response to how these guys might, you know, f- frame their critiques. But again, I think it's important to, to sort of understand that for kind of the average guy, who manages to, to make it with a lifelong marriage. Um, and today, most marriages will go the distance. That's also important, I think. Yes, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the guy, these guys don't understand, hello, you may in fact not get divorced, and in fact, the odds are you won't get divorced. So, so, so right. why drive? There is a chance you'll crash. And unfortunately, you know, it's what we estimate at our institute is that about 43% of of first marriages will end in divorce. And that's a high, obviously, risk. But the point I would make is that if you manage to, you know, forge a, a decent marriage, um, what that means for you, among other things, is, you know, as I point out in the, the piece, more money. Um, it also means that you're going to live longer, typically about nine years more than your peers who don't get married or get divorced. Um, and your emotional well-being on average is going to be better. Um, so, yeah, there are lots of exceptions to those patterns. But, you know, for the average guy uh, today who gets married, um, and particularly if he manages to, to stay married, and that includes, I think, uh, a commitment to uh, sacrificing for his wife and trying to do you know, the best that he can to make her happy, um, you know, those guys are likely to benefit um, economically, socially, and emotionally. By the way, you gave an interesting marriage. statistic. So you're saying, uh, and you're obviously in, in a pro-marriage foundation that you head the national uh, marriage project so uh you're telling me that 43 percent of first marriages will end in divorce is that the data we estimate of course it's a it's a moving target because of the fact you don't really know if a divorce is, has obviously occurred for a given marriage um until that couple dies all right all right but okay, because uh, i believe you uh, but i i am told by people who say that they know more about this than I, that it's nowhere near half the marriages end in divorce. And and I, I keep hearing that, and people write that to me, and I don't know what to believe, frankly. So I'm, I mean, 43% is near near half the marriages. 
It is, but it's also important that if you look at generational patterns, you know, what we're seeing is a modest and continuing decline in the divorce from one generation to the next. So, you know, I think as we kind of reestimate that figure, say, in a few years from now, it'll be a little bit lower. So, um, again, we're heading actually in the direction of more marital stability, in part because the types of people today who are getting married tend to be either better educated or more religious. And both of those two things are associated with more marital stability. Um, but, but I also think... Wait, wait, wait. You keep throwing out these very important points, and I don't want them to be ignored. Uh, so men who make more, or be, excuse me, who are better educated and or religious are the most likely to marry. Correct, and they also are um, the least likely to get divorced. So what you see in our research, for instance, is that couples um, or individuals who have a college degree are about 60% less likely to get divorced than their fellow Americans who do not have a college degree. And that's obviously a huge difference. Um, other research now, now what, wait, so what, I, I'm very curious, is that, I can't believe it's because they went to college. So, well, yes, that's a good point. I don't think, I mean, I think, you know, primarily this is about kind of a, what we call a selection effect in the social sciences where the types of people who graduate from college have, you know, um, certain set of social skills. That's right. Um, and, and have shown know, a commitment to, to labor. And a commitment to labor. And, but also they have the ability now, you know, to, to get jobs that tend to pay more and are also more stable. And we know that one of the better predictors of getting married in the first place, uh, for men especially, is having a good job. Um, and another predictor of avoiding divorce in the second place is having a stable job, again, particularly for men. So, you know, insofar as, um, once again, men are enjoying more education, they tend to also enjoy um, better paying jobs and more stable jobs, all of which you know, reinforces their marriage ability. All right. Back in a moment. His video is up, Be a Man, Get Married. Talk about some of those advantages to character and to income about for men getting married at Prager University. And we'll take your calls, 1-8-Prager-776. Male-female hour, every Wednesday, second hour of my show. I'm Dennis Prager, speaking with... Professor, associate professor, to be precise, of sociology at the University of Virginia, Brad Wilcox, also director of the National Marriage Project. He teaches the latest course at Prague University, Be a Man, Get Married. It's gotten a vast amount of negative reaction, which shows what a nerve it hit, and I'm just sad about it, not because I'm sad for Prager U, half a million views in two days, between YouTube and Facebook is not exactly a uh, sad thing. I'm sad that there are so many men who don't want to get married for a whole host of reasons. But uh, look, I just I would just ask anybody listening, if you met two men who were single, 45 years of age, one had been married for 10 years and divorced, 20 years. Another one had never been married. Which would you instinctively think uh, was the maturer one? Which would you instinctively think was a better bet uh, for uh, a woman to marry? Which would you, even though it's not legal to take this into consideration, but if you could, 
which would you more likely hire? Are those fair questions, Brad Wilcox? Um, well, you know, you're, um, you're posing a question about, you know, a divorced guy versus a single guy. And I think that's, it, that, that's complicating the, the question for me. Um, you know, the point I make obviously in the video is that, um, the stably married guy is going to be, uh, more likely to flourish, for instance, in the workforce. He'll be working more hours. He's less, less likely to be fired. Um, he's more likely, for instance, to, um, not quit his first job until he has found a second job, whereas his single peer is more likely to quit that first job without having located a second job. So, um, you know, so the stably married guy is going to be doing differently a whole number of different ways on average, and that will affect the way in which I think a lot of people look at him, um, his peers, his family members. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's why we, well. we, we tend not to elect bachelors. I, I totally, I totally... I'm on board. I wanted to even make it, though, more compelling that you will have now apples and apples, two single men, but one has shown commitment to marriage and one has never married. We would still instinctively think more highly of the guy who was once married than the guy who was never married. It shows he's willing to take on this commitment. That's all. That's the that's the argument that I was making. But the argument you're making, which is the argument of the video, is is overwhelmingly compelling about the good things that happens to a man once he makes this commitment to get married. Let me take some calls, if I may. We'll go to, let's see, and this is in, uh, let's see, Farming, Michigan. Is that correct? You live in a city called Farming? Uh, Farmington. Ah, Farmington. All right. Well, we would normally put our screener in the punishment room, but it's her first day. So so we <laughs> won't. All right. all right. Farmington, Michigan. Hi, Ben. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I originally called because um, uh, you had the you know male-female hour, I think, a week ago, and it was the uh, moody wife uh, versus less sex. Um, you know, less moody wife, more sex. My wife and I just happened to be um, going to a, you know, a marriage counselor that day, and uh, what you said, it spoke to us. And um, without going into details, um, that segment has helped us. And my wife actually and encouraged me to uh, call and thank you for that because you, you know, you have been you know, a part of helping us. Um, our marriage has been really tough, so um, thank you for that. So that was the original call, but as I've listened, I would like to add a couple of things that um, I do agree with. This, that well, book well all right, hold on. Well, we're going to have to take a break soon. But I, I did want to uh, hear from you on that, and the, I have a selfish reason. It's really not selfish, but so to speak selfish. And that is this hour, male-female hour, has helped so many marriages that... It, it it adds to me the importance of doing this uh, every week, and uh, I, I just, uh, I'm delighted to hear that. There, it's a sort of, not sort of, it is free marital therapy. Today's topic is, is different. Today's is to, is to get men to get married in the first place. But that was important, Ben, and I thank you. We will be back in a moment. 
Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. The case for marriage for men is powerful. If the man wishes to grow up. Now, let me make it clear that there are single men who are mature. I understand this. For every generalization on earth, there is there are exceptions. But the exceptions are irrelevant to the truth of the statement. It's true for me. I grew up getting married, and I wasn't an immature person before I got married. I simply became better. There's just no question. I, I mean, the, the list of ways in which a man, and a woman, by the way, and we, we're going to have to put out a video, amazingly, it's just an amazing sign of the times, maybe Brad Wilcox will have a suggestion of a woman who could make a compelling case for marriage for women, because it wouldn't be the identical case, obviously. Uh, but to how the man works harder and is more responsible, doesn't go out with the guys as much, instead uh, does does things to help a f- his family. I mean, come on, uh, that's big stuff. Do you have a, just out of curiosity, Brad Wilcox, professor of sociology, University of Virginia, do you, uh, can you think of a woman who could make a compelling case for women? Um, well, I think uh, Linda Waite has done this, you know, a little while ago um, in her her co-authored book, uh, The Case for Marriage with Maggie Gallagher. Um, you know, I think today um, I'm not sure if she would want to rearticulate that in some way, but um, but when it comes to sort of the broader question of how does marriage benefit women, um, what we have found and what others have found basically is that Women don't today enjoy kind of on average um, a marriage premium for their personal income, um, but of course, if you know if they have kids, they enjoy typically a you know a substantial family income premium, um, more income that is for them and their kids um, if they're married. And then we also are seeing actually now that the motherhood penalty is lower for women who are married than for women who are not married. So I think particularly today, what you have is uh, women who are in the workforce um, and having, you know, one, two, three kids, whatever, um, they're getting more support from their husbands in terms of juggling uh, work and family. So I think you can make, in some important respects, a kind of feminist case for marriage um, today you might not be able to make, you know, obviously 50 years ago. Yeah, not to mention, uh, I mean, if I think if you polled, you know, 10,000 single mothers, would you like to have had a a good man in your life as a husband, uh, I think that 9,000 of the 10,000 would say yes. And if they wouldn't, it's it's that's also a commentary on the, the world in which we live. Yeah, that's certainly the case. Um, although I think, you know, part of the problem here is that there are plenty of young women and young men who are, you know, who are kind of deeply ambivalent about marriage, as the comments that have been issued in response to my video suggest. And what they have seen, you know, in their own minds is, um, you know, parents getting divorced or uh, friends getting divorced. You know, they've seen one parent um, maybe, you know, treated unfairly in the divorce process. Um, you know, they think, as we've talked about before, that marriage is a bad deal for many guys, you know, if divorce happens. So there's a lot of, uh, are there many reasons out there for people to be, I think, skeptical um, or distrustful of marriage? But I think it's also important for us to recognize, again, that what are the alternatives here? you know, uh, for most of us. And the alternatives are 
um, being single, which certainly is one one option, uh, but I think not a very good option if you're helping have kids um, or cohabiting. Or, or, by the way, uh, as you noted, not just if you want to have kids. If you if you want to mature in many ways, that's the reason for the title: "Be a man, get married." Yeah, I mean, and even if you I don't have more. kids, you you will develop if you marry. Yeah, no, it's certainly the case that I think. You know, for many men in particular, uh, marriage is an opportunity to embrace um, a more adult, a more responsible identity. And when I say that, some feminists and you know, or progressives object. Well, does that mean the woman has to basically, you know, train the man, or you know, is it her project to make him a better man? And that, and that certainly happens, I think, in some cases and in some ways. Well, it's a it's a narcissistic question on their part because women get just as much better if they marry. As men get better if they marry. The, the, the question presupposes this feminist, the true feminist belief is that women are superior. One of, one of the most absurd notions, uh, in the world of either sex being superior. Uh, we have complementary talents and, and powers and abilities. But the question presupposes, oh, we're so terrific, only men will grow in marriage. But I think, you know, empirically what I would say is that women are affected more by parenthood and men are affected more by marriage. And that's in part because men, you know, are more inclined to engage in risky behavior, partly because of the fact that there's more testosterone coursing through their, you know, their veins. And so when they transition into marriage, that's, that's a, I think a, that's a bigger impact, you know, physically, socially, and emotionally upon them. By contrast, I think for women, you know, um, their biggest transformation vis-a-vis family life is around, you know, becoming a mother. So both women and men are affected by marriage, and both women and men are affected by parenting. But I think marriage is a bit more important for guys, and parenting is a bit more important for women in all of this. But, the, you know, I think the point I was trying to make in part, I think, too, here is to sort of see the, the way in which um, when men get married, it's not just that their wife maybe is having an impact upon them, it's also just sort of inhabiting this new status as a husband makes um, them you know, see the world differently, approach the world differently on their own terms. So it's it's that point, too, which I think you have to recognize is in play in all this. I'm speaking with Brad Wilcox, director of the National Marriage Project. He's a sociologist. He's describing things more than even an advocate. He is an advocate, but more than that, he is simply describing in this video and during this program, there are data-based advantages to men getting married. I have never met a man who got married and didn't become a better man for it, even if he divorced even if he divorced. Stay tuned. This is the male-female hour on the Dennis Prager Show. How long will I want you? Hi. As long as you Dennis Prager here, final segment of this male-female hour, second hour every Wednesday. And speaking with Brad Wilcox of the University of Virginia, Prager University video, Be a Man, Get Married. Let me Let me summarize some calls here. Well, let me take one and then summarize the other. So don't hang up, folks. At least uh, I'll be able to get some of your ideas. Please do not hang up. Because so if you do, I don't see what, you, what your topic is. In Cleveland, Ohio, Gina. Hi, Gina. Dennis Prager and Brad Wilcox. 
Thank you both for taking my call. First of all, I want to say that I, my husband and I are the proud parents of three daughters, almost all grown, and one 19-year-old son. So this is a subject very near and dear to our hearts. I really think there is a cultural shift going on when you say be a man. We've taken for the last generation and a half now and taken what used to be men to be proud of, the characteristics that we were proud to be men, and we've diminished them um, through, you know, the feminist movement, through women going to work. And I, my comment is I think we're raising, and I am very trying not to do this with our son because we talk very frequently about this, is that we're raising a lot of young men who now are absolutely dependent on the fact that the woman must be at work or they don't know how to mature, be mature enough and support a family. Thus creates a financial strain, thus creates many divorces because they don't know how to step up to the plate. And I also want to comment real quickly on the fact that you stated, my husband used to say there's a movie as good as it gets where Jack Nicholson says to his partner, you make me want to be a better person. That's what a marriage is about, complementing the things that are individual to our sexes, but they're complementing in the relationship, which makes each person be a better person and a stable relationship for not only the parties, but the children they bring. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, And I'm sure Brad Wilcox does, too. Let me just uh, summarize here and then thank uh, my guest uh, let's see here. Larry in Gainesville, Texas. Due to many broken homes, boys don't see what a man should be. Boys lack male role model. The answer to that is that after divorce, the, the, the mother must be insistent on keeping the father in the lives of their children and not kicking him out of that role. And he must be insistent on maintaining that role. Brad Wilcox, thank you so much, sir. I'm sure your video will hit a million, and it'll touch a lot of people. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Dennis. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. George and Rick and Scott and Larry and Charles, I wish I could have gotten your calls. Male, female, hour, watch his video, and stay tuned. We're continuing. 